Bay number three reports successful deminiaturization of probe Foxtrot 817. As you can see, astronaut flight training isn't like anything you've ever experienced before. It is intense. And if you would like to opt out, you can sign up for mission control training in the advanced training lab. Captain, there's something weird out there! So, it is with great pleasure that I present WDW Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 694. And together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video, social events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. I open up the email inbox this week and answer more of your questions about imagining your own Halloween overlay ideas in Walt Disney World, ideas for a fifth park in Walt Disney World, special experiences in Disneyland, the super secret pathway in Disney's Animal Kingdom, and more. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week, your voicemails and updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear and hope that you do, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. my continuing efforts, going back 18 plus years to 2004, if I math right, I have always wanted to help enhance your enjoyment and appreciation of the Disney parks and your experiences when you go. And so I'm going to turn to you and someone else again this week to help with planning, history, tips, hopefully some dining and some more. And like Radio Shack in the 1990s, you've got questions. We've got answers, and joining me once again is someone who very much understands that antiquated reference. She is, of course, Becky Mankin, the CEO and head magic maker over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Hi, Lou. I, I've i never heard anything like that Radio Shack thing ever before, but no, I knew exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure that I've used I'm sure I've used the Radio Shack <laughs> reference before, which just goes to show how old you and I both, both are. are. But yeah. listen, we will go from that relatively obscure reference to one that I think hopefully will not only answer the question of the person who asked it, but uh, will be relatable and important. And if anything else, maybe a little bit of fun. In, for... in other words, we're going to try to make a dent in that huge email bin that you have. Going we are. Over there, Becky, right? I say it okay. every time we do this, every this time. time I mean it this time I'm going to do like super fast lightning. I'm going to try. I'm even maybe not going to read because sometimes the emails are long. I'm going to like, I'll, you know, because I'm reading no. them. I'm, I'm reading these on the fly. Like I'm literally so opening cute. up the inbox. Like I'm here, opening here. up the letters and just reading them. God help us and save us because you never know what you're going to get. Um, I'll Sometimes I'll see a word in there that I'll pick up, but 
Uh, we'll try and, and go as quickly as So you're as scrolling. It. You're basically scrolling. email scrolling. Okay. Scrolling. Good to know. And and the first one I picked out, I literally picked out because I saw one word and hopefully it is as Ooh. timely as it seems. This is from Marciano who says, first of all, thank you for all that you do and for being such a wonderful friend to all of us, Lou. Thank you, Marciano. I'm happy to be your friend and will continue to tune into your broadcast for as long as I have access to them. My girlfriend and I are, are working up money for her first ever trip to Disney World. She's never been to California or Florida, and I think it would be cool if we got to meet up with you. Marciano, we'll do- definitely try and make it happen. However, I had a few questions, but here, oh, so, okay, so he's got a few questions. Um, I'm going to answer the one that I think is most timely and appropriate to the show. He says, so we have the Haunted Mansion Holiday Overlay in California, and we've had Space Mountain, Ghost Galaxy as well. Are there any other spooky, eerie, creepy overlays that you think would be interesting to see done in a similar way. Oh, I love this. Would you want them to be done in a temporary fashion or maybe considered more of a permanent overhaul, a la Stitch's Great Escape or Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, if you count those as overlays in any fashion? I'll not divulge what my mind came up with other than saying it went into the terrifying realm of dropping a bear in the big blue house overlay on top of Tower of Terror and we'll leave it at that. I, I'm going to try and get that vision out of my mind's eye because I love Tower of Terror and I have a very heartfelt, sentimental spot for Bear in the Big Blue House and the Goodbye Song and the Moon. But I digress. Uh, Becky, this is a cool question. So any kind of overlays, right? We know we just came back from Disneyland. We lo- We really love the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, which really transforms Haunted Mansion into what I think is a, a completely new attraction. And as somebody who... Loves Halloween, love Christmas, love Tim Burton, but I can't sort of wrap my heart around Nightmare Before Christmas. I still love that overlay there. Are there any other spooky or eerie or creepy overlays you think would be done, could be done in a similar way? Oh, there's so many possibilities. I mean, look what they did in California with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So they even just do a kind of creepier, fun version of that. But the as you were reading it, the first thing that came to my mind, and don't ask me why, maybe this is something from my childhood, but if you did like um, an overlay of the creepy, w- driving through the creepy woods in Autopia, don't ask me why <laughs> that came to mind. I just like, it's you like, have, you have Chucky running behind one of the cars. Um, it's like just, wrong turn meets the Tomorrowland Speedway. Yes. Don't ask me why. The other thing that would be kind of cool is if they could do some sort of overlay on the train Hmm. so that you would go from scene to scene to scene of of different creepy, you know, weird um, uh, locations via the train. I think those are the two that came to mind the quickest. So I love this question and I'm going to post this in the clubhouse because I really think it deserves and, and needs some additional thought put into it, right? Because we are sort of doing this on the fly. And look, again, I love Halloween. I love scary movies. Like I love this time of too. year. So, Dark and twisty. This is my month. Right. Just, just saying. <laughs> it's your year. But oh, anyway. Wait, I, before you go down that path, wait, one more, one more thing. How about if you turned It's a Small World into a whole bunch of creepy dolls that come to life? I think some people would say that's kind of already what it is. But <laughs> my first thought was instead of just limiting ourselves to an attraction, what if you could almost do it to a land? Like, what if there was a way to make Liberty Square, like Sleepy Hollow, like very sort of um, uh, period 
not scary, like not like a Halloween horror night type of thing, but like a period like themed overlay of what Halloween would be like in colonial times and sort of a, a fun, scary. But then what if you did this? What if you got instead of that? Because that, that's a ridiculous idea. What if instead of you did this? What if there was a way that you can convert Tom Sawyer Island, Island into some sort of a Halloween themed land in and of itself? So as you cross over Ooh. on the um, on the on the the boat, and it's like crossing the River Styx, right? And you go to this this sort of new, completely themed land. Again, in the dark, it would be super cool. Creepy, but not scary, because again, we're in Walt Disney World. You sort of have that entire island to play with, and I think you could do some really, really cool things. That could be interesting. That's for sure. Huh. So basically, we need to take over Walt Disney World (laughs) during October and just do overlays on everything. (laughs) I would like that, personally. I think it'd be pretty cool if they could do it. If you could um, could sort of do it to to a a larger space and sort of theme that entire space to something, again, not, I'm not talking, you know, blood and gore type scary, but creepy scary. Mentally scary, where it's more of a, a mental freak out than it is gory because nobody wants that really. Um, Unrelated but somewhat related question. Best scary movie ever? The Ring. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. The the Ring still freaks me out. It just, some of those visuals of of that shit coming through the TV and the antiquated motion, just so weird. Interesting. Interesting? Yeah. I don't know if I, I, I'm not sure I thought why that would be the one you would choose. Huh. Okay. Wait a minute. What did you think I was going to choose? I wasn't sure. I wasn't Wait. sure. Because I always liked the I always I always felt, especially growing up, like the ones that were scariest were the ones that like could really happen, right? The Amityville horror, the exorcist. Yeah. You know, I had a cousin, I still have a cousin named Damien. So the omen freaked what? me the freak out. Oh yeah. Like I would literally <laughs> like as he was sleeping, like I'd be like combing through his hair looking for the little like numbers and whatever. I had a weird wow. childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that question in the in the clubhouse too. Your favorite wow. scary because it's different. Favorite scary movie is different, I think, than favorite Halloween movie. So, all right. Yeah, so, but what? Wait a minute. What's yours? You, you have to say what yours is. I'm going to give you the lawyer answer because there's because there's a lot. Like Amityville Horror as a kid really scared me. Yeah, because I grew up in a big old Victorian house, and you know sometimes when you're alone at night, the house starts making all kinds of noises and. Yeah, I thought that there would be something with clowns because I know how much you hate clowns. So there's got to be a movie. Some was it Poltergeist? Poltergeist freaked me out too. That I mean, did, in a good Poltergeist way. did freak me out. And I, although too. I do love it, I think it is one of Stephen King's greatest books. I think it's even the 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 TV made for TV adaptation is so good because Tim Curry as Pennywise is so good. Remember when we used to do a podcast about Disney World? Okay, going. <laughs> I'll save this for a Wednesday night live conversation. Next Wednesday night live, we're going to talk about uh, Halloween and scary movies. Jaws was scary too. Jaws is, is, I stopped swimming after Jaws and I was, I was actually a competitive swimmer at the time and I stopped swimming. I'm a competitive floater. I I just float competitive. (laughs) I could make an argument that Jaws is possibly one of, if not the greatest cinematic masterpieces of our time. Yes, and I and I I still cruise and I still go out on boats. I don't I don't swim. I'm done swimming. <laughs> okay, note to self: the ring and water. Just let <laughs> yes. me circle these and. 
file those away for later. All right. Very quickly, any last yes. thoughts about overlays for Walt Disney World or Disneyland? I love them. I I know that some people have some you know pretty passionate feelings about when they change something like that, and it does take time. It takes um, you know Disneyland's Haunted Mansion out for several weeks, both to set it up and then to have it on stage and then to tear it down, which is one of the reasons why you can't really do that in Disney World. But I wish they would come up with a couple of more of those types of <gasps> you know <laughs> that takes me back to. Um, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. I, I, I knew one of those. Just, bring it, yeah. All of a sudden, I just remembered that. That was so eerie, creepy. It wasn't scary, per se, dude, but it was dude, so Pinocchio creepy. Was Pinocchio was scary. Yeah, okay. Pinocchio was scary. Pinocchio and when they was kidnapped nightmare feeling, one of yeah. your you know, fellow people. But I will say that is still, in my mind, one of the best things Disney has ever done for Halloween. Yeah, I don't know that it would necessarily play the same way stateside, but that walkthrough and forgive me that i don't remember offhand what it was called we talked about it on our china abd review we have to go back by the way um yeah is is really really well done and they turn the sort of the scare meter up to 11 like that um uh, the pinocchio and the the alice in wonderland scene was legitimately scary yeah legitimately scary so yeah i loved it (laughs) <laughs> but I think this is a great question for you, yeah. listener, to uh, to chime in, to think about a little bit. What sort of scary or creepy or eerie overlays do you think would be interesting to be done to world or land? Okay. I remember I said we were going to go fast. That's clearly out the window. We've got one more question to do and we're done. Um, <laughs> Greg says, Lou, thank you for what you do and for sharing your passion for Disney and humanity. Not that it would be necessary, but has there ever been a discussion or an idea about creating and adding and I think this t- is timely too, having come off just 20- D23, about adding a fifth park to Walt Disney World. If not, do you believe a fifth park would work? And what sort of story would you want this addition to tell? Again, that's for Greg. You know, Becky, this is the conversation that comes up every year. I think it comes up even more so as things like D23 approaches and the questions start to come in. Is this the year that we get the announcement of the fifth gate? I think it is something that may even be on the blue sky drawing boards because they do think those out, you know, a decade in advance. Mm-hmm. But because it is such a massive undertaking, not just a fiscal undertaking in terms of, of the money, but just from a planning and site planning to get this. Remember, a lot of this area around here is still, you know, completely undeveloped and to get the infrastructure um, in is, is, a, is a huge, huge investment. I think it's going to happen in time. I think it almost has to happen because we see that, you know, Disney to a certain degree, especially here, has a supply and demand problem. There's way too much mm-hmm. demand for the supply that, that Disney has, not just of hotel rooms, but of theme park attractions as well. So I do think it is going to come. I think we're probably a ways away from it. But we always come back to this question, like what would be the theme of this fifth park, I know villains comes up a lot, and and we I think Disney has wet our appetite with this idea of villains coming to that island behind Big Thunder Mountain. That is what I expect to have happen. Is it'll be a, primarily a, a villains only themed land that you'll sort of cross through this portal into this other dimension or this villains dimension, and that's sort of where you are. I don't know that a, a villains themed fifth gate would would be attractive to enough people to warrant it, but 
if you were sort of put in charge and given the budget, what would you imagine or want this fifth gate, this fifth theme park full of lands or whatever it is to be themed after? Wow. Yeah, we talk about this quite often every year, especially when we're off of D23. You're so right. In thinking about this, over the past, I don't know how many years that they've gone, where we've known that these lands were coming into play, right? So Cars Land came into play, um, Adventures Campus came into play, Galaxy's Edge, and they seem to all warrant expansion, right? So I'm almost wondering if one of those IPs could become a fifth gate on its own, would it be expansive enough to be able to do that? Um, it seems like Marvel could pull off something like that if you did a, a full gate that was based on Marvel because it just seemingly keeps going and going and going. Uh, the other thing that always I've always wanted to see was like the, what was it called? The Animal Kingdom one that was supposed to be like the fantasy, the fabled animals like unicorns. And Beastly Kingdom. Beastly Kingdom, thank you. Uh, I always thought that would be an amazing idea for an additional gate. Again, I'm not sure if that could hold an entire uh, theme park um, on its own. Maybe it could. I I guess my brain, if I was going to be logical about it, would still backpedal to those IPs to like Marvel or something that could hold up the test of time. Which brings up its own separate discussion and for some people debate. There are some that don't like the idea that if you look at recent history attractions and shows are based on current ip they are taking mm -hmm. things from the movies and tv shows bringing them into the parks which i think is, is sometimes you can debate because that's what disneyland was based off of right especially things like fantasy land were built mm -hmm. off of these ips there's also this desire i think too for original stories to be told in the parks i think it's, it's some of what disney's best work in the parks has been. We'll go what to I, a thing like a haunted mansion or a Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. What I do like though is I'm going to take Adventures Campus for an example. Mm -hmm. It is it is rather small. There's a lot to be told there. But how it's set up allows it to become current within a day. If there's something that shows on Disney Plus and that character appears, or it, I, I think that something could be said for how quickly they could keep it current and relevant. Yeah, it's one of the things I, I love how like you said, you watch a show on a Wednesday night and on Thursday morning, that character is in the parks. I think it's it's brilliant. I do think that you're onto something in terms of Marvel. And I know I've been, hopefully, Becky, one of these years I'm going to be right, that I really do think <laughs> that Universal, it's in everybody's best interest for Universal Studios to give up, trade, sell, whatever it is, the rights that they have to the Marvel characters east of the Mississippi, because of the way they have to be portrayed in the parks, they are very, very dated. I think there's a there's a disconnect between what you see in that park and what we see, especially younger kids on screen. They would love to have that space back. They'd love to probably not have to show their books to Disney every single year, but I digress. So if all those things as I as a, I want as a Disney and Marvel fan hope to have happen, if in time Disney's ready for the fifth gate. Universal gives up those rights. I think it makes perfect sense to have this Marvel-themed fifth gate that, like you said, can be this living, breathing, expanding, and changing thing yeah. that clearly there's enough interest in having. 
Yeah. And you could also add on like you got with the Star Cruiser where you had you got to go to an academy to learn to become a superhero or something where you stay there a couple of days. There's a lot of stop opportunity stop. within oh that. Oh my God, just stop it. I love that idea so much. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and then, you know, meet your your superhero characters. It, it could just could go on and on and on. But to go back with your, your universal thing, we've been talking about this for 10 years. Obviously, it keeps coming up and coming up. Um, it's my understanding that that agreement kind of keeps universal in the comic book world. They really can't expand out beyond that to what we currently know, which it's almost like, you know, guys, the comic books are great and everything, but maybe it is time for you to move on into something else. I'd love to see that agreement happen so that they could create a superhero Academy where Luke can go learn how to be Spider-Man. Uh, I've been practicing my entire life, and you're right, because look, when you go to Universal, and yes, I have gone to Universal many times, and you, and you stand in sort of Marvel Superhero Island, you, you can, you know, play this over-under game in terms of how many times you hear somebody, especially kids say, you know, a, a character comes out, and they're like, who is that? Or if you yeah. go into, I forget the name of the quick service restaurant, um, in that, in that land, not the Fantastic Four one, the other, like the Captain America one. If you look around the walls and you see and the, and on the ceiling the comic book art from characters, I think you'd be hard-pressed to identify maybe more than, you know, five to seven of them unless you're a huge comic book nerd because they're just not ones that we've seen and certainly not ones that you've seen in that form. So, again, very long way of answering the, the question that I think we all um, agree. But, again, I'm going to post this too. If you could design the fifth gate in Walt Disney World, what would you theme it after? And I bet you're going to get some very, very interesting, mm-hmm. very creative. Maybe I'll have a maybe I'll give away a prize for the most new, unique, and creative answer. And I'll Man, post that in the clubhouse. Yeah, www.radio.com/slash/clubhouse. I will uh, I will post that in there. All right, let's move on to Bill O'Neill's question. He needs has a question with planning. Hey, Lou, longtime listener, love the show, been to Walt Disney World and Disneyland many, many times. I'm working on a large party reservation. I have 12 people going to Walt Disney World in February 2023. We have serious dining priorities like space. I like when they call dining priorities serious. Like, I'm not kidding, Mangello. This is serious stuff. We have serious dining priorities like Space 220, nice, California Grill, very nice, Ohana, It Means Family, and a few others. Do you have any strategies for booking dining for larger parties? Does it help to split the party? I appreciate any of your awesome wisdom on these matters, Bill O'Neill. Becky, I think you can definitely help with this one because it's part of the magic that you make over at Mouse Van Travel. Yeah, it kind of is. And with groups, it is it is interesting. Um, the strategy, if you cannot get for the entire group, is to split up into two groups. Just know that it's possible you won't be sitting near each other and you might be a half an hour apart. So that's a possibility to do. And then obviously, if you show up all at the same time, then they can somewhat accommodate it. So you're, if you're if you're calling, and I do call in on on big groups because they'll be able to help you a little bit better than trying to find little pieces online. So they may actually say, all right, I've got two groups of six that I can put together. I can't guarantee you'll be together. Take it. Take what they give you. And then when you get there on site, show up a little bit early and then it tell them about the situation that you have two parties and your six tops um it 
15 minutes apart and they'll do what they can to make sure that you're as close together as possible. A, a better strategy is to look at, and I really know that you want to go to places like Space 220, but those ones that um, do have the smaller tables and uh, don't accommodate groups as well, try to look for those restaurants and those locations that are a little bit more group friendly. And the ones we usually look at are like Ohana, Whispering Canyon Cafe, Trails End, um, 19 Park Fair, Viennapoli Beer Garden. Obviously, Hoopty Doo would be a great one to do as a group, which you certainly can do. So sit down and really look at your options. Try for what you can. Be prepared to split up, maybe be away from each other, different times possibly, but you'll have those experiences that um, that you're looking for. And then if you can't get those, those larger tables, look at some of these other restaurants that do accommodate groups a little easier. Great advice. I only have three words to add on to that. Hmm. The boat house. That's it. It's just an excuse <laughs> to get the boathouse in. But no, you can actually call the boathouse and tell them you have a large party because they yeah. do have rooms in the back. And I know oh. I've, I've actually been at tables where they've had like 14 people. Yeah, the ones at Disney Springs are very accommodating of larger groups. So I think they have a little bit more space to to deal with that and their demand may not be as high as you're seeing from the some of the ones you're talking about that are in park. Uh, so you might have a little bit better uh, success with those locations. Yeah, some actually have like Boathouse um, and House of Blues, like they have rooms where they can put a larger party. Um, I, I was recently in House of Blues where we had a table with like, 16 people at it off in one of the side rooms, which is actually nice too, because it almost feels semi-private um, mm -hmm. because they're able to, to put a big table out there. Um, moving on, Bobby Dempsey says, hey Lou, my mom retired this year from her job as a third grade teacher. Thank you to your mom and congratulations. I, I love and appreciate teachers who are the most underpaid, underappreciated people in the world and here, here. it was third grade. So woof, mazel tov. Um, <laughs> and to celebrate, I want to take her on a bucket list trip to Disneyland. You are a good son. Since we live in New Jersey, this will most likely be a once-in-a-lifetime trip for her. I was wondering, is there anything special I can try and book that's less than a VIP tour, but also memorable and cool? And I was also wondering when the best time to visit Disneyland would be to take advantage of low crowds, well, doesn't really exist anymore, but to have also have the least amount of rides down for maintenance or changing to or back from the holiday overlays. Great point. Maybe maybe you could ask Becky for help on this one, too. Thanks for all your help and for everything you do. Bobby Dempsey. Uh, Bobby, great questions. Again, special experiences that maybe are not to the level and cost of a VIP tour guide, which can can and are be very pricey. When is the best time to take advantage of low crowds? And you're right. You also, especially for places like Disneyland that do th do things like the holiday overlay, you do need to be aware of things like when the Haunted Mansion might be down for an extended period of time. So, Becky, let's do first things first. What would you suggest in terms of something special he could do for his mom uh, in Disneyland that maybe isn't up to the, the expense of a VIP mm -hmm. tour? Yeah, there's several things you can do there. And I love the way that they brought several of their like uh, dessert offerings back where we were just there watching one of the um, parades and they do have a dessert party option where you can sit at a table and be, you'll be in the front line of all of the the 
the parade action and you're sitting there having desserts and a cocktail. So what could be better than that over in DCA? Um, another thing that I always recommend to people who are big Disney fans that have kind of been there, done that on the rides is look at some of the tours, like the walk in Walt's footsteps tour, which will give you the history of how Disneyland was created and imagined and um executed by Walt himself and you get to actually walk in his footsteps. So I, I think that's always really special for those who enjoy the history of the parks. Um, if it's with an in budget, I would also suggest staying at the Disneyland hotel because that has its own little piece of magic uh, assigned with the history around you. And the rooms are magical and it just feels like you're in Disney when you're in that hotel. I really enjoy that as well. Um, they do have other types of dining packages that will allow you to have um viewing or, or dessert packages. Like if you want to see Fantasmic, you, instead of standing in the crowds for two hours before the show, trying to hold a spot, you can actually have desserts um, as well. So there's a lot of little special packages that don't cost a mint, but will make the experience a little bit more magical. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And it, and I think they call them, I think on both coasts now, there, there's a lot of things that they have, that are part of their enchanted extras, enchanting yeah. extras collection. These are sort of these little things. And what I like about Disneyland too, and this sort of lends itself to answering the other part of the question too, is there are all these other special events that are going on. Look, I, I love going to Disneyland during the holidays, right? It's, I think it's like you get a, a bonus sort of overlay on top of both of the parks and the resorts in terms of the Christmas and the holiday offerings. Um, but there are some additional things that you can do. I love the tours, right? I'm with you. I love the behind the scenes tours. But if that's not, you know, something that you want to do, we've done the dessert parties before. We've, we've absolutely loved those. But if you do go during some of the holiday times, there are some additional things that you might be able to do. So, Becky, do they have um, don't they have packages for things like uh, candlelight processional? So if you wanted to do. Uh, special seating for parades or, or pre processional. You're able to do that at Disneyland as well. I want, I, yes, <laughs> it's done a lot differently in Disneyland than it is in Disney world. Obviously Disney world has several weeks worth of candlelight processional. Disneyland does it for one day. So coming off of pandemic, I don't know if they still offer them for this year. I'm going to say yes with a question mark, but it's something that, um, that we should, should look into if it is available. Yeah. And so if you had to, all things being considered, if you had to pick like one weekend or one time of year that you personally could go to Disneyland, what would it be and why? You're asking me? I'm asking you. <laughs> I hate that question because there's several. There, there's, all right. I'll go to my number one. My my number one time of year to go is anytime the Christmas lights are up and the decorations. There's something just extra magical about being in Disney at Christmas, even if it's not Christmas itself. But once the decorations are up and the um, the music changes and there's just something lighter and happier and more joyous about being there during the holiday season. So 
the special offerings, the special food. Give me gingerbread. Oh, by the way, side note, <laughs> the gingerbread at Disneyland rocks. So sorry, Disney World. You need to like step up your game there because the Disneyland <laughs> gingerbread is off the planet. And I, I needed more and I, I should have bought more and I didn't when I was there because the lines like are an hour long now. Anyway, I digress. So, yes, it's about the treats and it's about the food and it's about the decorations and just about the spirit that's what I really enjoy most about um, being there. All right. We'll do one more question. And How about you? You got to answer that question. You put me on the spot. Just just throw it out there. I do love Christmas time in, in, both, uh, in the parks in both coasts. Uh, I also, I have to tell you, having just come from... Disneyland during D23 Expo and having a little bit of time after Expo to be there. Man, Disneyland does Halloween very, do it so very well. well. It like between <clears throat> what they do on the Disneyland side and the Oogie Boogie mm -hmm. Bash, like you, okay, you want to go during, if you're a Halloween or your mom's a Halloween fan, Oogie Boogie Bash was a lot of fun. Like I really, really had a nice time there. And that's not even, and we didn't even get a chance to eat all of the Oogie Boogie goodies that mm. were there too. But even just the decor, uh, the music, some of the the visual overlays throughout the park are, are really, really nice. So because you said Christmas, I'll just say Halloween just to throw another. <laughs> Oogie Boogie is one of the best things ever. It is so much fun. It's a little edgier than you see over in, in uh, Walt Disney World. I love it. I love how he kind of cackles at you all day long from above the gates of, of uh, California Adventure. And yeah, I I think that they really do it well. And I would love to see some of those elements make it across the country just because it's, I don't know, if I had a choice of where I wanted to go for Halloween, it would definitely be Disneyland. I just feel like I need to go back. I just I know. Like I need to go back. We haven't spent enough time there. We really haven't. We need a we need That's a, the we need funny a, thing. We need, a, we need a planning we need like, meeting in Disneyland. We 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 yes, we definitely do. Um like three weeks just to get it out of our system. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as we're there, we might as well go over to Alani. It's like right across the street. So sure. <laughs> All right, Becky, I'm picking this one because it says literally, I'm picking this one because it starts off by saying hi, Becky and Lou. Oh, that's so sweet. It continues oh, I, on I, I to say, say wait, I was going to wait for the question. I yeah, guess. I didn't even do a question mark. I've been a long time fan and listener of the podcast. Lost count of the times. I've laughed and smiled listening to the show over these many years. My question, I have a childhood memory of attending Animal Kingdom in its first or second year. And I distinctly remember short trails that were off the beaten path that I used to wander onto. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not talking about the trails around the Tree of Life or those signature trails in Africa or Asia. The one, the best of my memory that was I'm talking about, was specifically off the beaten path between Africa and Asia. I remember, I know exactly what he's talking about. I remember a creek running through the trail and you'd have to use stepping stones to continue across the path. Similar models can still be found at Typhoon Lagoon if memory serves right. I remember visiting Animal Kingdom a few years later and the same paths were covered up by landscaping and closed off from the public from good. Lou, am I imagining things? Quick answer. No, you're not. Please let me know if so. But regardless, please keep up the good work. Best to you and your family. And that's from Nicholas Hummler. Um, 
I, I really like this question a lot because I love the the details. I love this park, and it's interesting when things go away how we sort of question our own memory if we have seen these or not. Disney's Animal Kingdom was designed from the outset to be a place that was meant for exploration. And if you really remember way back, when it first opened, there weren't even maps. Like you were supposed to, like Imagineers wanted you not to have a map and they wanted you to just sort of explore without worrying necessarily about where you were going. That obviously doesn't work. We're Disney fans. We need like our map. We're creatures of habit. Like we need to know exactly where everything. And if you look and sort of in your mind's eye or if you go on a map or if you're listening, you happen to be in Disney's Animal Kingdom. In between Africa, Africa and Asia, there are there's like this the major sort of walkway that that's in between. But even like when the parks first opened, that almost felt hidden too. Like you almost felt like, and because it's designed that way, that the tree was sort of the hub and they needed to sort of go around the tree and go through the, the the I was gonna call it Genesis Garden, but you needed to sort of go through that main area on Discovery Island and make your way around the tree. But the the pathway in between was not necessarily well traversed because if you remember early on when Asia first opened there wasn't a lot happening there right it was like Tomorrowland in 1971 like there was not a lot going on like there was the bird show and like a Coca-Cola stand and really that was about it so if you didn't want to go see the bird show or grab yourself a frozen Coke you really didn't have any reason to go down and it's too bad because it's so well and so beautifully themed in there and probably i don't know i don't even know if it was their opening day or even opening year um there was if you'd walk so for example if you're walking from africa to asia the tree of life is on your right hand side and discovery river on the right hand side on the left hand side in in what just appeared to be an overgrowth of of bush and brush was this small hidden pathway that by design when it first opened seemed overgrown it had like lots of of bamboo and like you almost weren't sure like if you were supposed to go there or not because it wasn't always seen on the maps or not so you weren't sure like is this something for cast members is this where divine comes out am i not supposed to be here but maybe i should go check it out anyway and then at some point years later, Disney opened up this this pathway a little bit more. They actually put benches up there so you can get out of the sun and take advantage of the covering and get out of the heat. But it was this it was meant to be this sort of secondary, smaller winding pathway that took you up through the bushes. And, and you're right, you had to go on these little stepping stones um, over this sort of small little rushing brook um so you almost felt like you were doing like something if you've ever done wild africa trek which side love note, it if you ever come to walt disney world and you want to do something that is arguably the coolest special experience wild africa trek i've done it three times i just did it with my family a couple of months i need to i never posted my videos but I, we did it <laughs> i love 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 it and you feel because you are you sort of go off these little hidden pathways but 
That's what this was. There was this sort of hidden pathway that was off this hidden pathway that allowed you to sort of go on your own little mini Disney Animal Kingdom-like <laughs> trekking adventure. Um, I think they had a sign. I think at one point they put a tiny sign there, and it was like there, and it was gone, and it wasn't necessarily only there. Uh, and I don't know why it ended up – I think now it's completely overgrown. I don't think you can actually go on – the, the trail as well, because I think at one point it took you to an area of benches and there was a smoking area there, which I don't think is a smoking area anymore. I think all the smoking areas are now outside the front of the park. I also think at some point they built, I have to go back. You know what? I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do a live, I'll do a live or a video from Animal Kingdom. I'll find this path if it's still there. Because I think they, they, they actually, um, there may have been like a small gazebo that they built back there, but it, it was, this is a very long answer because I'm sort of trying to remember as, and going through in my mind's eye to this somewhat invisible, hidden, like bonus little experience that you can do that, that felt like you were doing something that was, as I think Rody and the Imagineers wanted to, to be, was this reward for discovery, right? Even when you go around the tree of life, like um, as you mentioned going on the tree of life to some of those little hidden pathways and the waterfall, which if you've never gone to the the side of tree of life and sort of found that hidden pathway to the waterfall, I think it's one of the most beautiful spots in any of the Disney parks. That's exactly what this path was meant to be. And I, it's been so long since I've even thought about it. I'm not even sure that it's there. <laughs> well, that, that was one of the wonderful things that I loved about animal kingdom was to explore and just find kind of like, being off in the woods somewhere, uh, running into beautiful spots that you felt may have been undiscovered in that kind of environment. I loved that. I didn't get a chance to see the the pathway that you're talking about. At least I don't remember it. I would love to see more of that. I think that's one of the reasons why I like the the trek so much, um, even though it's it's well worn and I know exactly what's going to happen around each every bend, it still kind of feels like you're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, something that I kind of enjoy, especially in the the craziness that can be the theme park. The next time you come to Disney's Animal Kingdom, which I know by your own self imposed rules, you will only go and visit when the temperature is between under like what is it under sixty seven degrees. So that that two weeks wow. in January, I will take you there and we will try and find this path. I'll leave you and you, my friend, the listener, with this question. One, have you ever been to this path? Have you ever seen this path? Have you ever, do you have any photos of this path? Because they're, I'm sure they're very, very hard to find. I did a quick search as Becky was talking and there really isn't a lot that I was able to come up with. If not, Becky, do you have a, and Club 33 doesn't count. So just, do you have a special, is there something like, a little hidden gem, a little hideaway, a little walking path, something that is sort of off the beaten path that you like to show guests or friends or even first time or, or repeat visitors when they come to the parks that maybe they have never seen or discovered before? Well, you know what I really love? Because it's there. It's not really undiscovered, but so many people don't go there is Tom Sawyer Island. I really do like going over there, finding just a little trail or a little path in exploring and discovering and sitting down and kind of just enjoying the space. Um, so many people don't 
go over there anymore, uh, or it has not been as packed or as crowded as some of the other locations in the park. I also like going out to Rafiki's in Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom. Um, you take the little train over there, and I, I love going in and watching the um, the animal hospital where a lot of people don't realize that you can walk up to a window and see the animals being cared for by their vet team. And it, it's, it's kind of a neat um, way to experience what is actually happening behind the scenes at animal kingdom. Those are my two. I, you know, I have to think about this one because I thought that I had one and now I'm like, and now you're afraid to tell people about it. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give it away. I've got this thing. That- no, I, I, because that's, listen, it's, it's part of what I, I love doing on the show is is showing some of these overlooked areas and, and secret pathways mm-hmm. for years. And it'll be interesting once Tron opens. For years, so many people had never taken the pathway in between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Oh, right? yeah. Remember right from, by the train, going back all the way to the Tomorrowland Power and Light Company. Um, obviously, that's still closed. That's that's the trick-or-treat trail, right? Or it was at one time? It was a trick-or-treat trail at one okay. point. Um, I don't see. I don't know if this experience, I, and I'm always hesitant because I don't know what experiences are still there because I don't think right. this one is there anymore. But riffing off your Tom Sawyer Island made me think about the Liberty Square Riverboat, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love when they do the, the the holiday overlay of that, but you used to be able to go into the captain's quarters, and I and the last time I was there, the captain's quarters were locked. But you actually able to, used to go into and sit inside the captain's quarters, and there was all kinds of neat little details and props, and it was very comfortable, and and there was like leather. I mean, you can look in the window, and it's still there, but I don't think that the room is accessible anymore. Um, That's a bummer. It is a bummer. I, I, I'll this one's this is not a hidden thing. This is more of an experience. And I think you have to ask for it, and and it's not a guaranteed thing. Is speaking of the riverboat, um, do you know that you can captain, you can pilot the riverboat if what? you or your child asks nicely? And I think they still do this. You can actually go and ride in the pilot house up on top of the riverboat, and you're given a certificate. I probably shouldn't say this, but you're given a certificate, um, sort of like as an, honorary, <laughs> as an honorary pilot of the riverboat. I'll find mine. I know I have a scan of it somewhere. I'll find mine and I'll post it in the the clubhouse because it's one of those things that it's not on a map. It nobody's going to tell you about. But if it's you know if a cast member asks you to do it, or if you ask and they allow you to do it, it's this cool takeaway. Like I can't believe I did this. For my kid, my dad, my girlfriend, whatever it might be. Um, any other secret spots? You know what? I, it's not a secret, but I don't think anybody even goes down there. But if you go down Main Street, USA, and you go to Center Street and you make the right, so few people go all the way to the back. And the way that that street is designed is it's meant to design. It was designed to look as though that as Main Street was expanding forward, right, because you're moving forward through time as you go from the town square to the ice cream parlor, and it's showing the advancement and the expansion of this small Midwestern town. If you stand at the intersection of West Center Street, there used to be an East Center Street, but that was closed off when the Emporium expanded. If you look down, 
It's specifically designed using forced perspective and some just interesting um, uh, design and geometry. It looks as though that the path starts to sort of veer off to the right and sort of just goes off in the distance and you can't see where it ends. But if you walk all the way down West Center Street, not only should you stop and listen to the singing and tap dancing lessons coming from the window when the window is open upstairs, but if you follow that all the way to the back, there's a wonderful, beautiful, covered seating area that is never crowded. You want to get yourself a nice little nosh from Casey's or a little ice cream or maybe something sweet or a thing of popcorn. You need to go and let you or your child sort of, you know, de-meltdown a little bit. It's a really, really nice place in the back of West Center Street. So that's a little bit of a of a secret nook. I don't even think I've ever been back there. Becky. <laughs> in all honesty. I will take you. I will take you. The next time you come here, I'm going to show you five things in Walt Disney World that you've never done before. Okay. You're on. There's one. You have to come up with four more, which that might be a little difficult. <laughs> so wait, there's the pathway if it's still there. I'm um, on the pathway. The, the trick or treat. Trail. No, no, no. The, not, no, oh. the pathway in, in oh. Disney's Animal Kingdom. Right. I'll show you West Center Street. I will bet dollars to donuts you've never been to the Tree of Life Garden. There's no way. There's absolutely no way Becky's been to the tree. <laughs> Becky, I know you. You've never been to the Tree of Life Garden. I would probably bet a dollar that you've never been on the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. Yes, I have. That one I have been on. So, no, you're not going to win on that one. I'll give you the other three, I had a though. guide. Take me through the trails. Jeez. Um, so that's where we're going now. Okay. You have, you have two more. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you'll come up with something. I'll bet you have never been in the Fez house. The what? Oh, <laughs> right? The what? You've As never I been Google in the it. Fez. I have to write these down. You've never been in the Fez house. You've never been on the secret the Canadian Fez walkway. House? Oh, I have been on the secret Canadian walkway. Sorry about that. The Fez house? What is a Fez house? No, I'm... Don't don't Google Fez House. Don't be a cheater and be like, oh, I knew the Fez House all along. Um, no, no, Becky's can't Googled. say I did. <laughs> we'll find. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of other ones. Oh, there's I'm sure that that could be an entire day of. I'm sure. But this is a very long answer to a question that I love because it was good. No matter how many times you come to Walt Disney World, right? And we've been hundreds, if not thousands. There's always something. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm getting verklempt. There's always something <laughs> that you haven't seen. There's always something else to discover, not just because it is this living, breathing, ever-changing, wonderfully special place, but sometimes there's just things that are hiding in plain sight that you don't necessarily know to go mm -hmm. and look for or look at. Uh, and I love and I applaud and I appreciate the Imagineers for putting in them in there. I'll ask this question in the clubhouse too. What's your secret spot? What's that secret spot or the pathway or that overlooked, not not sort of add-on experience, but other experience that you might be able to, to find or show people uh, in Walt Disney World that most people you think don't. I'll bet you, I don't think you can get there anymore. Did you ever go to the extended Muppets queue? No. The I outside don't extended, extended. Muppets. There was an extended Muppets queue outside, which mm -hmm. I think has been closed off. And then I know after expansion years ago, part of it was, was closed off. There was actually the, do you remember? It, it looked almost like a boiler, but it was sort of decorated to look like a Muppet out back. You don't remember any of this. Do no, you? I yeah, don't, I don't remember any of this. Either. 
Uh-uh. I'll have to do another top 10 about top 10, like, little thing. I think, and I know we've done this before, like, things that we've lost in Walt Disney World, but little things like, and the posters, like the Muppet movie posters, the Muppetized yeah. movie posters. Those are really cool. Becky, Muppets by, the, Muppets, by the way, are these small puppets that were created by um, Jim Henson years. Well, well I'll, I'll help you with they, that one, too. Well, I learned about the, the origins of Animal not too long ago, so that made me happy. <laughs> oh, I do have to interject where you were just talking a minute ago about um, not sure if you really saw something because it was so long ago and your memory doesn't, you know, quite kick off correctly i have to revise that information about disneyland candlelight processional i don't think there are any packages there okay sorry i was thinking about that and i know that that was really bugging me as is after we after you asked it and i talked about it i don't think there is okay i, I think i'm mixing it up with disney world Moving on. I was confused with the Lou Mangiello Cozy Cone package, where I'll take you on a guided <laughs> tour of each and every one of the different co- <gasps> How nice would that be? Like, it's a little Cozy Cone buffet. Anyway, it's sort of what I do when I normally go to Disney California. But anyway, I will put these questions <laughs> for you to share your answers and uh, be part of the community and conversation over at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on a future episode, please email me Lou at www.radio.com and then now that you're all excited about going to find these places in world in land and Japan is opening up this month too maybe you want to go with us because we're going by the way Becky we're going back to Japan go and visit Becky and her amazing team of travel advisors over at mousefantravel.com dot com Japan that's it I I leave the door open and you go Dot com. Sorry, I'm just like, I think you said Japan. When you said Japan, all of a sudden I went back to thinking about, remember the grapes in Japan? <laughs> I was just going to ask you, like, what's the first thing that you think of when you think of Japan? Becky thinks of the, the apple size, the, these grapes that were like the size of a plum. They were huge. They were huge and they were so delicious. And, and remember, we were there and the emperor was being seated, crowned, however you, whatever you do with an emperor. Uh, just, you know what Japan. they do in Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> you know As an empress yourself, you know exactly what the crown oh, wow. ceremony is like. But, but you know, just uh, that whole entire trip still. If you go back the... to Japan tomorrow, where would be the first place you'd go? Oh, wow. Well, Tokyo Disney Sea. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Only because we haven't, we didn't really spend a lot of time. We, we haven't spent enough time there. <laughs> Um, Kyoto, though, Kyoto, would be yeah. high on the list. I'm, I'm not going to say the American restaurant that we <laughs> went to because, you know, still one of the most, the strangest anomalies I've ever experienced um, traveling. Anywhere. I know exactly. I, I know literally exactly where I would go. And where? I wish I knew what the name It's in Kyoto. It's this little side street when I went off on my own one day and a couple of folks from the group were this. And I found this wonderful old 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 antique store and my family used to own an antique store and and if you know what i mean you know what i mean it smelled like antiques right it smelled like an old antique store but there was amazing stuff that was in there and i just spent so much time and i bought all these cool things to to bring home for friends and family and right next door was this little tea house and they just sat outside and i had a and i was like oh like this is exactly I'm getting that smile on my face again that you saw the first time we sat down and had that Edo-style sushi in that little Japanese restaurant. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's how much I enjoyed it. 
So. Out of out of all, I mean, we've done, we've been blessed to have been able to experience a lot of this this earth, and there's still a lot to go. But I, for both of us, I think that that Japan trip, and and parts of the China trip were definitely up there as the number one and two things we've ever done. Well, and it's why crazy. I'm going to. It's why as soon as I disconnect you from this call, I'm going to announce that we're going back to Japan. <laughs> At some point in the day, uh, it's on the it's on the list. It's on the list. I know it's, it's on the list. It's on the list for things. So for many to things discuss to do. and do together. Speaking of which, go to www.com/slash events. You can find out about other events that we are doing together, including our cruise on the very maritime cruise on the Wish in December. We're going on our eight night fantasy Bermuda cruise, and I I'm going to hang up on you as I finish this sentence to avoid <laughs> you from screaming in the listener's ear. But we are going to announce some other events that we have been talking about and planning, dare I say, scheming very, very, very soon. There's a lot of scheming going on. That's for sure. When you say scheming, so it sounds a little bit more nefarious <laughs> than it's supposed to be. I'm so scared. Every time you start talking about it, I'm going to, uh, it's like, wait, wait, there's so much more. The list is huge. We, I'm uh, looking at the whiteboard and you just, you don't even know what you're, oh, the things. That 2028. Oh my God. Just saying, 2028. <laughs> palpitations <laughs> it's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details which you see, hear, remember, maybe even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And I think you're really going to like this week's prize package because it comes from our friends over at Dizplate. And you might be saying, what is a Dizplate? Well, they're high-quality prints on metal that are mounted on the wall with the help of a magnet, which makes them very easy to hang and, even better, swap out designs quickly and easily. No nails in the wall, no levels, no hooks, just an easy-to-attach metal square. They have literally millions of designs with officially licensed art from Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix, Mandalorian, Stranger Things, pop culture, and, well, yeah, literally millions more designs. So with Displate, you can start to build collections of the things that, that you love and are passionate about, and you can put them right on your wall. Plus, with every Displate you purchase, Displate plants one baby tree, and to date... They've planted more than 17 million trees, so your displate not only makes your room look cool, but helps others in need and makes a real difference. You can check out some of my favorite displates and some of the ones that I already own at wdwradio.com slash displate, D-I-S-P-L-A-T-E. Plus, if you use that link, you can get my special discount with up to 29% off your order if you use code WDWRadio at checkout. Again, check out my collection and start yours by going to wdwradio.com slash displate. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me who or what is Big Bertha, and where can you find her? First, congratulations and thanks to so many of you who entered, got this one correct, and know that she is an organ at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. You can find her at 1900 Park Fair, on the wall, about 15 feet above your head, and Big Bertha is an antique band organ that was built in Paris in the late 1800s, and it's been at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort since it opened on July 1st, 1988. And if you look as closely as you can get since it's 15 feet away, it is a remarkable instrument that contains 
286 pipes, 18 bells, and timpani, bass drum, snare drum, cymbal, crash cymbals, castanets, two bell ringers, and a band leader. She spent the first half of the century on a carousel in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it was then stored away for more than two decades before being rescued and restored by Disney. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Radio mug, new pin, and a mystery prize, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is R. Quinn. So, R, I have your address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, we're going to go from the past into the future, specifically Tomorrowland. And this week, I want you to simply tell me, what was Astro Orbiter originally called? What was Astro Orbiter known as when the attraction first opened, which, by the way, was not October 1st, 1971? The contest runs until Sunday, October 9th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. All you need to do to enter is go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast. There you'll find the online entry form. And again, this week, you're not playing for the mug and the keychain, but a Dizplate of your choice. If you are the winner, you can go to Dizplate.com, pick out any Dizplate from the collection that you like, and they will make and send it to you. It is a great prize. Thanks again to Dizplate for sponsoring this week's trivia contest. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please come be part of the community and conversation and share your thoughts and ideas and suggestions about some of the things we talked about this week, as well as anything you want to talk about in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe over in the WW Radio Clubhouse at www.com slash clubhouse. Please also make sure you like the WW Radio page on Facebook and connect with me directly on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And this week, I invite you to come along with me virtually to New York City Comic-Con this Thursday through Sunday. I'll be sharing live updates, reels, and stories, and photos all weekend long on my Instagram at Instagram.com slash Also, make sure you turn on notifications on the WW Radio page on Facebook as I'm going to try and go live, if I can, from Comic-Con over the weekend. And speaking of other things we can do in person together, go to our events page at www.com slash events for our next meet of the month, group cruises on the Disney Wish and the Disney Fantasy next year, upcoming group adventures by Disney, and a few surprises I'm going to be sharing very, very soon. There is still one, just one spot left for my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, October 22nd and 23rd. For more information to get your ticket, visit loumangelo.com slash momentum. But if you have an idea, a brand, a business, a blog, or a content creator, and are looking to take what you love into what you do and level up your business, this two-day, one-room, 50-person event is designed around an environment of learning, sharing, networking, and collaborating to make a real difference while you're in the room over the weekend and to help you keep moving forward even after the event is over. I created and designed it to help you and that's exactly what I wanna do. So if you're interested in securing that last seat, you can use discount code PODCAST200 and save $200 off your Momentum ticket. Again, visit loumangelo.com slash Momentum. Huge, massive amounts of sincere love and thanks to every member of the WW Radio Nation family I love and appreciate you. I'm grateful for your support of the show, and I love being able to give back to you every month 
with scavenger hunts, trivia quests, group video calls. We have our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, and much more. And you can find out how you can help the show and literally help bring every episode of the show to life, every live broadcast. It is all thanks to, by, for, with, and about you. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Kendra Cameron, Michael Rosenberg, Christine Garachi, Hamad and Courtney Blackston. If you want to find out again how you can help the show, visit www.radio.com support. And if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Tell a friend, invite them to listen and subscribe. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show in Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers who just identifies him or herself by Clubhouse Review, who says WW Radio is a good choice. I'm choosing the good. Lose podcast is such a positive experience. It got me through the pandemic when we couldn't visit the parks. All the episodes are a feel-good episode, and it's often a reminder that when the world is dark and ugly, you can choose the good and decide to see the good, not the bad. Wow, man, I love and appreciate and embody all those sentiments, and I am sincerely grateful, whoever you are, Clubhouse Review, for your incredibly kind words, because that's what it's all about. I say this all the time, about choosing the good, looking for the good in the people that you encounter, the things that you experience every single day, there is good to be found in there. And just because every day isn't good, it doesn't mean that there's not something good in every day. All you have to do is look for it because it's those little positive things that are going to help you get through the big negative ones. And positivity, I promise you, is contagious. And it's something that you can share and gift to somebody else. It doesn't cost you anything, but a second of your time, a kind word, a gesture, a hello, or just a smile. Be the positive light that you want to see in this world. I love you. I appreciate you. My heart is full of gratitude for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that this is your best week ever. I hope to see you on the live show on Wednesday night in the clubhouse and right back here again next week. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou Mangiello, this is Patrice Roberti calling from Boston, Mass., I was just thinking about you. God knows, you're probably pretty busy, but I wonder if you would ever consider doing a business podcast. I know you have your momentum program and you talk with business people too. You have that whole kind of other life that's, I think, Disney-oriented, probably by your general thinking, but also business-oriented, and it sounds like you've had good luck in business, things you've done have worked out. So I just wonder if you ever do that. It wouldn't have to be every week maybe every month, but it'd be very interesting to hear what you think about business topics as well and what you don't touch on them on the Disney podcast. So, again, thanks for the Disney podcast. I love it. I, I listened to my husband the other day. Maybe someday we'll go on a cruise. He goes, a Disney cruise? And, uh, and, and that would be pretty funny if we ever did. And if we ever did, it would be totally thanks to you and your enthusiasm, your incredible enthusiasm and knowledge and love. Of Disney, it's uh, it's uh, it's it, people, it's it's catching. I guess is the best way to put it. If if you could give it to us, I mean, you could give it to anybody. The, the idea of looking for things they liked in Disney. So uh, I'm sure Walt Disney would be very proud of you for that because of your devotion and your dedication to what he was trying to do. Take care. Bye. Hi everybody, it's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Um, it has been much, 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 much too long since I've called. Um, the beginning of the school year, um, I think I mentioned before that I'm a teacher. It's just, yeah, it's been um, crazy, but it's been a really great school uh, start to the school year. Um, yeah, time is just like, or September is just like flown by. Um, but I've been listening to shows, 
Um, I just finished listening to the D23 uh, recap. That, I got to get stuff eventually someday. Um, I've actually never been able to attend one, but they just seem like the most uh, interesting and fun-filled fan events that, um, yeah, I just need to experience clearly uh, before, um, sooner than later. But, yeah, hope everyone's doing well. Um, I know that the hurricane just kind of came through uh, the Florida area, so I hope anyone who listens um, is safe um, and just sending you positive vibes um, with whatever you might need. I can only imagine how crazy it must be out there. So, yeah, sending you all the good thoughts. So, yeah, I hope everyone has a great day. Stay magical, be magical, make someone's day magical, and I'll talk to you all real soon. I'll see you later. Bye. Hi, WDW Radio family. It pulls us from Massachusetts again. I'm calling back twice in one week because um, you just did that awesome interview with the real-life Ariel. Um, and then ask the question, what's your favorite Disney princess? Um, love this question, um, because when I was younger, I adored the princesses. Then I went through my whole phase where I was like, princesses aren't cool. And now as an adult, I have totally leaned back into the princesses and realized that they really represent a lot of why I love Disney so much. Um, and they tell great stories and are amazing examples of certain character traits, and I adore them all for their own reasons. Um, but Cinderella is my favorite. And it has taken me a very, very long time to come around to this. But um, as I've been rewatching movies, probably it was like since the pandemic um, and since Disney Plus, I've been watching every Disney movie in order um, since year of release. And it's been taking a little bit of time. But I had this moment where Cinderella came on and the old school intros came on. And I realized, oh, my gosh, this movie, like, defined me as a child and probably had a lot to do with my personality. And I love the animals in it. They are fun. They waltz, you know, that, like, little bit of jokingness with them comes in. They are adorable. They add to the storyline. And I just love that Cinderella, even through her hard time, perseveres. Uh, I love that she likes to stay up till midnight, but not much longer. <laughs> Um, a good rule in life, nothing good happens after midnight, um, and that, you know, she can work hard, and she can be gritty and stick it, stick her things herself, but sometimes having a nice Prince Charming, whether that's a girl or a guy for us, um, is sometimes just makes life a little bit better. So, um, yeah, kind of different, some different rules I live my life by, um, and I hope that we can all relate to a princess in that way in some way. Tiana is also my, like, more modern favorite. Love her. Um, but anyways, there's so many good ones. It's hard to choose from them. Um, hope everyone's having an awesome Friday. It is Friday, September 30th here in Massachusetts. And go watch Hocus Pocus 2 because I'm so excited about that. So, yeah, have an awesome weekend. Talk to y'all real soon. Bye. Focus, focus.